Today's guest is the most unusual example of a Renaissance man I think I've ever encountered. He is a ranger, a sniper, a special forces operator, a green beret, black belt UFC fighter, an entrepreneur, educator, stunt coordinator, veteran, author, TV host, speaker, an actor, and a social commentator. His book that he wrote, Scars and Stripes, an unapologetically American story of fighting the Taliban, UFC warriors, and myself, uh documents just a few of those roles the last time he was on this podcast he was fresh from operation pineapple express the daring mission to save the lives in the chaos of biden's embarrassing afghanistan evacuation unlike one of joe biden's other great embarrassing uh, embarrassments he happens to be um, a good hunter a hunter of drug lords, a hunter of terrorists, uh, and in Hollywood, with that twist in his experience, a hunter of zombies. Um, basically a big game hunter beyond comprehension. Not only does he hunt wild hogs, he does it from a helicopter. His work in intelligence, special ops, terrorism, hostage rescue, he has also earned the title Hitler Hunter. Literally, uh, he's been featured on the History Channel show Hunting Hitler, where he and a team of decorated experts scour the world for the uh, to find the ultimate fate of Adolf Hitler. It's a fascinating series. Please welcome today's guest, Tim Kennedy. Imagine if at the touch of a button, you could make your home smell fresh and clean and that simultaneously you were also purifying the air so it was healthy for you and your family to breathe. Well, it can be done. You don't have to surrender your home to harmful mold, mildew, bacteria, viruses, or those irritating smells that even a Yankee candle can't cover. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm air purifier uses oxy technology that naturally sends out O3 molecules into the air. These molecules seek out um, odors and, and air pollutants in your home and then destroys them. We're not talking about masking them. It actually eliminates them. And right now you can save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm three pack for the whole home protection. You'll get three units for under $200. That's an amazing deal. Put one in your basement and bedroom and family room or kitchen, wherever you need clean, fresh air. My recommendation, send one to my son's room. I think we have two in there. Go to Eden Pure uh, right now. EdenPureDeals.com. Discount code is Glenn. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Discount code Glenn. You are a Renaissance man. I could talk to you about anything a lot of things uh, a lot of things yeah but uh let's uh let's start with war military all that stuff okay. first have you seen the ex-fbi agents that accuse top cia and fbi officials of a 9-11 cover-up they say, have you heard this story i have not no. okay so they say um there was testimony from 2001 an fbi agent was telling the cia somebody's going to get killed you have information on a possible hijack for a plane i don't remember what it was american airlines 
and crashing it into the Pentagon. You got to give this to us or there's going to be, you know, death. Yeah. And they didn't do it. Do you believe that they yeah, were involved? Yeah, way, way different than um, anytime I hear 9-11 conspiracy theorists, you know, they're like um, that it was like an inside job. Yeah. And I'm always like, no. if, if you know anything about the military, especially the government, we're not capable of keeping secrets. Yeah. You know, and nobody trusts anyone as that's, you know, apples and oranges here right. comparing each other and throwing stones and at each other at every opportunity. Um, do I think that the CIA would operate in a silo, not communicating up, down and out like they should? Yeah. Um, absolutely. You know, this this has been a systemic problem from so, their but origin. that's different than a cover up that's or I mean, a, well, it, a collusion or or being part of, you know, taking the towers down. As I don't believe that. No, those are different things. Yeah. But if you had information and you didn't act on it and then you tried to cover up that you had that information, yes. then it's a conspiracy and yes. it's a cover up. And of course, that's, Correct. you know, mud on your face and it's embarrassment. Um, and could I believe that? Absolutely. I can believe yeah, that. Right. You know, but does that mean that they're complicit or party to the terrorist attacks? No, it just means that they're the CIA and they need to be better at what they do, which is empowering us to do our jobs. So we were supposed to get all of the Kennedy stuff. Yeah. Okay. Didn't get that. Didn't get that. Well, but, we got like lots of lines. <laughs> yeah. But we did get one piece of information that I thought was shocking. They revealed that they knew who Lee Harvey Oswald was. And in fact, he was on the CIA payroll for something else. But he was on the payroll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that didn't sit well with me either. Um, I, I, I think right now I, in this age of information that we're living in, um, and it's really difficult, you know, when, when everything is labeled misinformation and disinformation mm -hmm. and we so quickly just say this is conspiracy theory theory and then, you know, not but 12, 14 months later, this conspiracy theorist that would have got you kicked off every single social media platform. We then know to be 100 percent true. Correct. Um, it is still really difficult and we haven't, the internet's new. Uh, we haven't figured out how to navigate all of this information. And, and then but it's the, not, it's not just that. I remember I was on CNN in 2006, maybe. Uh, and um, I was talking about conspiracy theories and I, and I said, people, institutions are blowing their credibility so rapidly. Yeah. I said, right now, those who thought we were going to we landed on the moon, you know, is it six percent? You're going to see that tick up into double digits. I think we're at 14 percent now. And it's not just because you can read it online. It's because the things that are being told to us don't make sense. And then a year later, we're like, oh, so we were right. Yeah, that's just just feeding ground yeah it's it's shameful and it's unethical you know the i, I believe in small governments i like mm -hmm. transparency mm -hmm. i understand in from special operations that there are specific things trade crafts and secrets that we i want to keep for protection of the force outside of that we work for the people it's the government job it's the government's job to make sure that the people know everything that's going on Correct. And when you start lying to us and intentionally trying to um keep information from us that we then find out that you lied to us or that you kept information from us. How do you think your credibility and even worse, like the people that vote you in and out of powder power and support you and financially support you with our taxpaying dollars, how that's going to play out in the long run. Like we, I don't think at any point now, anybody's going to look at the CDC and be like, do it. They really have our best interest at heart. No, no, they, they lost credibility and, and they did it in one year just by lying to the people. Mm -hmm. New approach here, new approach. You know, this is a leader. You tell people the truth. 
Yeah. Sometimes it's a tough. And truth. when you get it wrong, I think I really truly believe that if they would have said we were over in Wuhan, we were doing some things, it was perfectly legal because of this loophole and this loophole. <laughs> I think we would have given people somewhat of a pass. Yeah, a little Not bit entirely, of grace. But we would have given them great if you were on it right away. Yeah. But by lying and over and over and then just um, asserting your dominance yeah. over people and, and calling, destroying lives yeah. to cover your lie, I got... I have no time for nope. you. No nope. time for you. Yeah, I'll, I'll get mad at you and I'll stay mad at you. Yeah. And that's uh, that's where we're at now. Yeah. So l- let me take you to another conspiracy theory, because you would be one of the few that might know. Nord Stream, the pipeline. Yeah. I don't buy the, hey, we found this boat that's registered to Ukraine and it had one woman and four men. We don't know who they were, but... They had scuba gear, and they went down and blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. It's impossible. There's only a few groups on the planet that have the the capability Correct. To, to do it. Why? It's hard. Um, it's not just like, hey, I'm going to throw on some scuba gear, and I'm going to go down, and I'm going to set this charge, and I'm going to blow it up. Um, you know, when you look at the Navy SEALs, you look at MARSOC, you look at um, Army combat divers, this is a very, very rigorous, difficult job. And our screaming, screening to select the people to do this job, the screening, first of all, is very, very complicated, and it's very, very uh, difficult. And then once they pass, the training that they undergo to be able to do these things, and then the equipment that you need, it is... Um, I mean, there's a half a dozen peop- groups on the planet that can do this, and it's not them. Do you think it might be us? Man, I, uh, it's, it's another one. Like, are, are we so good at keeping secrets that we could go there, blow up this pipeline, and then nobody's going to know about it? But I don't think, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, they couldn't keep the fact that the steel dossier was completely made up. They, they, they couldn't. Uh, keep all of the corruption, the Hunter Biden, the Joe Biden, that's all out. We know all of those things to be true, but nobody's doing anything about it. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we might be in a different era where, what are you going to do? I want the people to wake up, you know, uh, not that I want Pearl Harbor to happen, you know, but the, the Japanese so brilliantly and famously said, don't wake the sleeping giant. Mm-hmm. And then they woke us. And I think the American people are stirring again. The American people are unhappy. The American people have been realized are realizing that they've been lied to over and over again. And um, like, there's no scarier group on the planet than a unified America. And we are, uh, it feels so divisive right now, but if you take a step back and you just tune out the 5% extremists mm-hmm. on either end, you know, and, and you look at the remaining 90% of us standing in the middle and we all want the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to live free. We want sovereignty and uh, we want to be able to raise our families and, and live in peace. And uh, man, I think they're making some serious mistakes underestimating what the people feel like when they're united. But there's also a coordinated effort to keep us apart. Yeah. Keep us apart. And then, Mark people as enemies. What the FBI is doing is terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying. All kinds of constitutional uh, uh, amendments are being broken all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, have you heard of my friend Mike Glover from Tradecraft Survival? No. He'd be an amazing. So he was in 
special forces with me. He and I went to special forces sniper school. I have an amazing story. I won't waste your time on the podcast with just an incredible American went on to work for three letter agencies. I mean, 20 year Sergeant major within special operations. And he started um, the American contingency. And, uh, and it's, it's a group of Americans that just want to support each other in case something bad happens. So let's say a bad hurricane tornado comes Mm -hmm. through an area. The, the American contingency would be this group of people that could stand up, be like, Hey, I have canned food. Love that. No, I'm here. It's a, it's a beautiful, very American idea. The Mormons do it, you know, but, um, he was labeled a radical extremist because of it. And he was labeled this by the FBI. This is a guy that he is, that has worked for every single agency, like every great agency in the American government to include army special forces and special missions units within special operations. I mean, he's like one of a kind, great guy. And then he's being targeted by the FBI because of this. And it it hurt my heart because Mike is such a great friend. And, um, you know, I try to toe the line. I try to really not, you know, piss on too, piss on too many people. Mm -hmm. And Mike didn't care. He was just trying to do the right thing. And by doing that, he gets labeled this extremist, this radical, which could be further from the truth. He's just being a great American. That's empowering neighbors to support each other. What, What was so radical? I mean, they thought that he was starting a militia. And, um, and if you pull back one layer and you look objectively, you're like, this has nothing to do with any of that. He's teaching people how to can food. He's teaching people how to purify water. He's teaching how people, how all to of the things that a free society should know and practice hundred percent. You know, there, you know who Matt Anthony Wayne was, uh, a general during uh, oh, yeah. the revolution. Yeah. And, uh, he wrote this great letter to George Washington. They took the, the, uh, fort, um, uh, Stony Point and two o'clock in the morning, he writes a letter. Uh, the battle is over. He writes to George Washington. He says um, the battle and garrison are ours. General, your men behaved like men determined to be free. Now you just gave me goosebumps. That's but that's that. That's it. If you're determined, I, I've thought about this a lot. What do you change if you're determined to live free? What would you be doing differently? Well, you'd be doing a lot of those things. You would be. So you could be a help and assistance and not be going, oh, I need help. Yeah. People that live in fear, people that are incapable to be sovereign are people that have no innate intrinsic abilities to protect themselves, their families, or provide for their families. So the skills to be able to provide, to protect, and to preserve human life, those are skills that are inherent to be somebody that can live freely. If you don't have those skills, then one, you're useless. You, you, you provide no asset to your neighbors. You're more of a liability than anything. But how can you truly say, I want to be a free person if you aren't doing the things yourself to be able to be free? To fight freely. Like what are those things that you think should be on the checklist? I, th- I think you should be healthy. I think that um, you should know how to grow food, how to purify water. I think you need to be able to, I mean, shoot, move, communicate, medicate. Those things being able to, if you look back to our founding fathers, if you look back to the initial rebels, they were fierce. They were brilliant. They were hardworking. They carved their existence out of the wilderness. They could feed their own families and they could fight off anybody that came. And at one point they got pushed too far because, you know, they had, they had taxation without representation. Mm-hmm. And they said, Hey man, th- this isn't cool. But if they're, if they're useless if they're if they have no skills if they have no ability to fight if they're not healthy they're not independent they're and they're entitled and reliant mm-hmm. they they're relying on the people that are then their own dictators and they're selecting them to be their permanent dictators but the only way that you cannot do that is to be a strong people 
So strong people have to have that independent, not just a spirit, not just to say that I'm free, but have no. to be able to train every single day to be free. I was listening to a, uh, an old George Strait song the other day, uh, Amarillo by Morning. Do you know that one? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. The best line in there is I don't have anything, but thank God I'm free. Um, uh, something along that, those lines. And I thought, just listening to it yesterday, and I thought, that was the Texan mentality yeah. when I lived here in the 80s. It was, well, I don't need anybody. We don't need the federal government. I don't need anything. I'm, I'm free. That's right. I got it. And I don't see that very often now. Um, come hang out with me, oh, my friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. My, yeah. We, uh, Mike's circle. Uh, I, I think people are starting to pay attention again how vulnerable we were post-COVID, how susceptible we were, and how easy it was to break us. You know, we're... You walk up to if I if I you know they say we're three meals mm-hmm. away from anarchy, where if there's not food to put in front of the ta- on the table for your family within three meals it's absolute chaos. Um, that's frightening. That's one day, right? Um, you go to bed, you wake up, you try to go to the store, you can't find some food. You come back, you use whatever's left over, and then the next time you try to feed your family, you go, man, things are expiring, things aren't going good. Let me go back to the store. Oh, there's a really long line. Whether it's hyperinflation, the the bread lines are too long, or during COVID, you just couldn't get even, even get into the supermarkets because they were closed. One more meal, and then people are rioting. You know, people are dumpster diving. People are kicking in doors to start trying mm-hmm. to find food. That is how vulnerable we were. And I want people to remember how scared they were because fear is a powerful, compelling thing. And if you remember how scared you were, then maybe you're going to start doing something about it. You're going to start looking to people about how do I get trained? How do I get prepared? How do I, how do I even can food? How do I pickle food? How do I purify water? Can I have a well on my property? Am I allowed to have chickens? How do I turn you know goat milk into butter? Any of these things that I don't think any American has any idea anymore because mm-hmm. we have just so slowly laid down the sword willingly. And it's hard. Once you set the sword down, you don't have the muscles to pick it back up anymore. You don't have the calluses anymore. Mm-hmm. You don't have the back strength anymore. It's hard mm-hmm. to pick it back up. You know, 1776 wasn't that long ago, and we have been very slowly, gradually setting that sword down. It's time for us to pick it back up and what it means to be an American. Yeah, I think my, maybe my father's generation, maybe some of my generation were the last ones to really not be soft. A lot of people in my generation are soft. I'm the end of the baby boomers, the very end. Um, And yeah. Didn't have a really tough anything, but the guys in in World War Two, the families in World War Two. But we haven't seen poverty like that. We've had we it so good. We've had it so good. Yeah. And people just, especially youth, just because they're farther down the chain on the generations, they just think it'll always be this way. Yeah. They just it, don't understand how fragile it is. I know. And they become complacent. We, we knew it yeah. on nine eleven when those planes came in. And we were suddenly at war with a foe we didn't know who was even trying to hit us. We, I remember that day thinking, my gosh, this is so fragile. Yeah. It just, it can overnight just spin out of control. Yeah. yeah the, uh, they brought us to our knees and then we went to war for 20 years and then, um, continued to sacrifice our freedoms. You know, the Patriot Act was the largest 
opportunity for you know the any any government and dictatorship will never mm-hmm. let a chaos a, mm-hmm. a, a moment of a moment of anarchy not go without taking advantage of mm-hmm. it and they did yeah um, as they did with covid um and uh i think as they are with with everything and will with the next financial crisis does it bother you to be living in the United States in the 21st century and hear that we have shortages on some of our most basic things like bullets, medicine? It should. You have the right to take care of yourself. And as Tim and I are talking um, about here, you have a responsibility as an American. You have a duty to take care of yourself. So making sure that you have certain basic medicines on hand in case of an emergency is not a bad idea, especially considering that pharmacies and hospitals might not always have what you need. That's why there's the Jace case. It provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. You can get them by filling out a simple online form and in some cases jumping on a quick call with one of the Jace Medical board-certified physicians. You'll have access to ongoing care from those physicians on any treatment-related questions as well. So empower yourself. Care for your loved ones and yourself should a crisis emerge. Jace Case will help you do that. Use the promo code BECK and get a special discount on your purchase at jacemedical.com. It's promo code BECK, jacemedical.com, promo code BECK. Let's talk about, um, I think, a self-inflicted wound, Um, um, Ukraine. Man, yeah. I mean, I, for the first time, feel, I just read in the paper this week, um, um, Biden has just given a billion dollars through the U.N. to China to help with their climate change bullcrap. And I thought, we gave China a billion dollars? What are we doing? Our absolute enemy. Right. And we don't have a billion dollars. And they are (laughs) marking us as their number one enemy. I just feel like no one's being consulted on anything. When it comes to Ukraine, I don't remember all the debates that were happening. I don't I, I haven't seen an anti-war uh, side come out yet. Seems like we're just headed towards war. Uh, Are I, we? I, it feels like it. The people sitting at the table right now. I remember when Iraq and Afghanistan were starting to peak, you know, and you started looking at the people around the room from the Dynacors to the Raytheons to the Halbertons to the KBRs, um, mm-hmm. you know, powerful government mm-hmm. contractors worth, you know, hard billions, not little billions, like billions. Now trillions, some yeah. of them. Um, and it feels the same. Um, I, I, I have a, Obviously, I've been to Ukraine a few times this year um, with Save Our Allies, providing humanitarian aid to the last mile all the way to the front lines. Um, And can I hate Russia and communism and socialism um, and also want to and not want them to win in Ukraine, but also want accountability of our dollars and make sure that me as a taxpayer, that we're doing the right thing by way of our government and our you know, dipl- diplomatic relations. You can't Europe. sink the lifeboat. If we're the lifeboat, you can't sink the lifeboat or everyone dies. That's right. <laughs> and we just, we're just like taking a shotgun and blowing holes into the lifeboats. You know, they on the money thing in world war two, 
when we sent money over to um, the uh, Africa for the war in Africa, and then we sent it again in Hawaii, those bills were had a different color seal. It had a, a brown seal or a gold seal. And it was brown seal, I think, was for uh, for in the desert. If we would have lost in Africa and all of our pallet of money was sitting there, the Treasury would have said, take nothing with a brown seal. Yeah. Okay. We're just we're losing pallets of money like crazy. And we know we can track that money. We know we could mark those bills to not be any good. We're sending billions, billions all over the world. And we're not tracking any of it in the most corrupt country of the world. Yeah, I, uh, it's hard to wrap my head around. Um, and it's every time that I've talked about Ukraine, it seems like I get attacked from both sides. Like the, the far right are like, you know, you, you're a pro war guy. I'm like, no, no, I just don't want to lose to Russia in anything. And I don't want communism or socialism to win anywhere that I go. Yes. Um, I can also as like a constitutional a constitutionalist and libertarian be like, I want accountability of every single cent and where it goes. And I know that our government, if PayPal can track, um, correct the dollar, everything mm-hmm. that, you know, if you went, to Washington DC in January. Um, they can tell exactly yes. who was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Vem- Vimo knows exactly, mm-hmm. Vemo knows exactly how much money you spent. Uber was handing stuff over to the, the FBI Correct. and the CIA, but we can't track billions of dollars of pallets of money that we're giving that to seems weird. oligarchs. Yeah, it um, seems weird, especially if you look at Monaco and you look at all the supercars in Monaco, a majority yeah. now of them have a Ukraine license plate. I mean... <laughs> That's a, that's a problem. There's somebody getting rich there. This is a giant laundromat. It feels. Yeah. Um, but how do we win there then? It's it's hard to break a system. The the Ukrainian system. They have done business like this. Like, great. You you give me a million dollars. Well. 500,000 of it goes to these oligarchs for us to exist. Mm-hmm. 500 of it stays in here, but then we have to pay every single one of these couriers, this local mm-hmm. boss, you know, like this church. And then yeah, like the final like a money. a quarter of a million gets out of every million. I mean, that's generous. You think? I think it's generous. Yeah. What are we doing? I don't know. Again, I don't want to lose, man. Because uh, well, I mean, who's next? Poland? You know, they just bought 80-something Apaches. The Czech Republic is scared to death. Belarus already fell. You know, you you think Slovakia or Hungary are going to be able to put up a fight against Russia? You know, like this this is the battleground against communism and socialism. Tell me about the numbers, because some of that leak that came out says that uh, Ukraine's not doing as well as the numbers suggest that we've been told. Is that true? That's true. Yeah, the... um, Ukraine is, is drafting everybody from, I mean, you got a driver's license, you can serve in the military. Uh, getting on trains in Kiev to, to, to go back out to Poland, uh, if you were a military age man, anywhere from the age of 16 to 50, and you were headed west, um, they're pulling you off the train. It's uh-huh. wild. Wow. And isn't Russia doing the same thing? So Russia's taking them from prisons. Yeah, but R- Russia is still throwing cannon fodder. R- Russia hasn't used any of its elite military. 
you know, uh, okay. the groups that have, they're, they're effectively getting rid of their poor. They're getting rid of um, ethnicities. Jeez. Yeah, this, this is how they work, though. They're, they're throwing bodies at a problem, and they can do this for a really long time before it matters to them. And right now, they're, 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 they're but this is the communist way. People, everybody, every single, I mean, I wish politicians could come with me and understand the way that communism, socialism really works. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like this utopian idea that you have. Yeah. No, they're going and picking the poorest and their, their most marginalized ethnicities, and they're putting them in uniforms and shoving them to the front lines to die. But it benefits them because because all of you know, their comrades are better off because they have fewer people to support, Correct. fewer mouths to feed, fewer poor people to deal with, fewer sick people. But if you go to the East if you in, or Ukraine and you go over there and you see these people that are dead in the trenches that died in trench warfare and you're like, that's a kid. Well, that's actually like a, a brown like Asian looking kid, like where are the Russians? Are they are they here? And uh, no, man, they're just they're just throwing the poor to die. Wow. They could do that for a long time. That's a big country. So we're led to believe that we got them on the run. We got them on the run. We're smoking them out. We, uh, we did way better than when I say we. The Ukrainian people, there is major intelligence mistake on the Russians when they thought that they were going to be welcomed like, like liberators by crossing that sovereign border. Um, you can't, Ukraine remembered what, what it was like to be under Russian rule. Mm-hmm. And can you be ethnically Russian, but still a proud Ukrainian? And that was the mistake. They thought every single one of those Ukrainian by nationality, but Russian by birth, the moment they crossed the border would be pro-Russia. That's, that's where they done slipped up. So they crossed the border illegally, right? And they came in through the north and they came in through the east. And every Ukrainian was like, no, no, I'm Ukrainian. And they started fighting. They started fighting very, very bravely. And um, they have been dying very bravely. And as Patton said, you don't die for your country. You make the other path. So where do we go from here? Um, We are wanting a war that is not going to exist again. We want this big America wants this big World War II maneuver war. And that's what we tried to force in Afghanistan. But... There's a new playbook. There's new rules of war. These Correct. are proxy wars. We're, we're going to fight corporations. We're going to fight the Wagner group. You know, we're going to fight civilians that are being handed weapons, you know, um, black flag operations, the type of war that we're fighting now, we're just not prepared to fight. And we want this other war so desperately because that's the last war that we won. We've just been losing ever since then. And it's been a really long time since we won a war. Right. We're not going to win wars this way. You know, if you look at, um, Sudan and Africa, if you look at Ukraine, you see the same thing. These are proxy wars of us fighting all of our enemies. You know, you got four mechanisms of war, diplomatic, information, military, and economic. And we are currently at war with two different countries and three out of the four, and then one of them with four out of the four. So like we are at war with China and Russia. They're fighting us diplomatically. They're fighting us with information. They're fighting with us economically. And now via proxy, they're fighting us with their military. So like... It's on, man. Does it go into a hot war with Russia, United States, China? Man, we're just one in the leak. You saw that U.S. special forces were in yeah. Kiev. Yeah. Um, they have to be. Yeah. I, th- there's no way that you can be sending this amount of money into a country like this without people, you know, that understand how money gets spent, that has that have relations and understand, you know, that can track where all this like if you want accountability, which I do and you but you don't think that we're going to be able to have account 
that you'd be able to have accountability without people like that on the ground. You're like, this is just unfair. Correct. Um, and you can't send the equipment that we've sent without without some really high powered people that have been educated on these yeah, systems and can teach other people how to do yes. it. Yes. Yes. So how do we win? Um, what transparency, like the, the American people, well, 50, 60% of the people I think will drive their heels into this, into the dirt to say, no, we're done with war. Unless you start really talking about what the mission and end state is and how do we win this war? And then how are we going to, um, man and support this uh which we're not doing right we're just like keeping our cards against our chest and then lying i feel like um you know world war one the fabian socialists were all behind a big regional war because they could change all the regimes they could change everything they were very excited and open open about it within their own circles uh didn't work out that way but I feel like that's what the world is doing. We got the next big change coming. So let's get all of us on a battlefield and it'll reorder the world. Yeah. You think that's true? I don't know. Um, we are on the global stage in this geopolitical climate that we're in. We're losing a lot of really strategic battles where, you know, the, what we need to be paying attention to is the American dollar not being used by countries. You know, we're um, yeah. like, you, you want to talk about a big strategic loss? Yeah. You look to South America and look to Africa yeah. and look to the Middle East. Right. Um, you know, you, you think 9% inflation is bad, bad. Do you want to know what hyperinflation looks like? Correct. Where, you know, we're talking 15%. Well, we keep the dollar keeps performing as it's performing in the countries that we're giving up the dollar in. We're, we're talking in, a year. In 2003, no, 2001, we had 73% uh, of all of the, the banks around the world, central banks around the world, held the U.S. dollar as gold. 73%. It was 65%. By 2011, it was 49, I think. Percent. I don't like this direction. Yeah. It, going the wrong way here. In the last year, it's gone 10 times the speed of the last two decades. Yeah. We, we are on the verge of losing the U.S. dollar and nobody is admitting it. Nobody seems to be planning anything, you know, at least planning to tell America what that means. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you what it means. It means bread lines. It means you won't be able to buy milk. It means you're going to walk in and a gallon of milk is going to cost $200. Um, you wanna, it's Venezuela. Yeah, you remember Venezuela in you know, 2018, 2019? That is America next year if we continue the same trajectory. Like 15% hyper, uh, hyperinflation, every small business close. There's no way that you, your dollar, if you have, have $100,000 in there, um, well, First of all, the government's going to take half of it, and then the inflation is going to take the remaining little bit. So, like, maybe you'll have twenty, thirty left if you had a hundred thousand dollars sitting in the bank. That's how fast it can happen. It's frightening. We, I mean, we, and we've seen it historically, time and time again. So, wake up, America! <laughs> Come <laughs> how on. How do you man. prepare for that? The people have to be strong, and we're not. The people have to be. There's a time where. Uh, Everyone in D.C. looked to the people and they're like, man, don't piss them off. 
you know, like the, mm-hmm. the people had power, right? Every single one of those founding documents, you pull my fanny pack out right mm-hmm. there and you pull out the constitution, you know, we, the people, the people had so much power. And what power do we have now? Now, now we, you know, we turn tail and run every fight. We don't look for an opportunity to stand up and truly fight for the liberties that we fought for to have in this country. Um, so on the individual level, it's time for the individual person to start taking onus as to what does it mean to be part of the people, to be a, a true citizen, as Roosevelt would say, when he defined what a citizen looked like, they're strong mentally, physically, you know, they, they can protect their families. They can provide for their families. Like I argue that very few of our families now could do those three very basic things, especially in a collapsed economy. Yeah. Cause we're used to, you know, I, I keep saying to my wife, we're, we're too close to Dallas. We're too close to Dallas. She's like, and I'm like, honey, when that size of a population is hungry, they will walk that in record time to get to somebody's food and they won't really care. Everything is changing so quickly. AI is, is going to change the world in the next year. Our home's title your title, my title, they're all online now. And once a criminal accesses it, they can forge your signature and it's a race against time to stop him before he takes out loans against your home or worse, sells it out from underneath you and takes all the money. When is the last time you checked your home's title? If you're like me, it was like, when I bought my house, I checked the title. I think they charged me for it. The folks over at Home Title Lock demonstrated to me how online criminals can get you in minutes. They found the title of my home and forged my signature, stating that I had sold my home. If they had filed it, they would have had my home and I wouldn't have. It's incredible how easy this is to do. Please go to HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com, sign up, get 30 days of free protection when you use the promo code Beck at HomeTitleLock.com, promo code Beck. There was a story that came out today that we are running out of howitzer shells, 155, um, and uh, we are, if, if the quote was, if America had to go to war, we would be out of ammunition in days or perhaps a week or two. That's partially true. Okay. Um, so <laughs> partially uh, true yeah. is bad enough. It is. But um, you know, during some... World War II, uh, during the, the War Acts, we were able to move the entire industrial might of all of America to the war fighting effort. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at these amazing weapons manufacturers and these incredible yeah. ammo manufacturers mm-hmm. to federal to you know, like, I work for Nosler, like the best bullets on the planet. And every single one of those bullets, 90, 90 something percent of them go to the consumer, mm-hmm. right? They, they ha- they're dedicated to keep a percentage that go to government contracts, but those are ongoing reoccurring contracts. You know, it takes one act for all of that production to be shifted towards the military. And um, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Our capacity, our ability to manufacture firearms and ammo has just grown and grown and grown and grown and grown since World War II. Um, and uh, so when I say it's, it's partially accurate with the current allocation of arms that come from these manufacturers, but the moment that you say, okay, we're at war, 
all of this allocation then goes to war, man, we, there's nobody on the planet that can hang with us. Do we have all the parts? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, when, when you get to, to drones and to missiles, uh, we'd be able to buy some of those from China. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You think if I, were, if I were Russia or China and I had this president and this Pentagon uh, and these financial situations, I would say take Taiwan before the next election. Do what you have to do. Let's get this all done before the next election. Because if a conservative who is smart comes in, a lot's going to change at yeah. the Pentagon. And fast. Fast. Really fast. Does that seem like sound thinking if you were Xi Jinping? Yeah, the, uh, I, I have two really, I can't reconcile, you know, juxtaposition, you know, we're, Xi Jinping and the two Koas, do I wait for America to continue to divide itself? Do I wait for America? Because they play a long game, right? Mm -hmm. they, they have been playing this long game since Korea mm -hmm. and they have been winning consistently. Mm -hmm. Do I wait five more years? Do I wait 10 more years? You know, like what is, what is one election to them? Okay, it postpones them four years. Well, they've been doing this for 50, 60 years now. Mm -hmm. Like, so can, can they just wait another one or two elections. Like if we continue our obesity rate, if we continue our education, like a third of, of children right now can't read well. We have the most obese, 77% of Americans are obese. Highest population time in America where people are not eligible for service mm -hmm. is right now as we're sitting here. So the fewest number of people that are eligible to serve in the military is right now. I mean, if I was them, I could be like, Man, I just wait 10 more years. America's literally killing themselves with all the stuff and all the gluttony and, and laziness mm -hmm. that, their, that their prosperity has given them. That's one option. The other one is, let's just go right now. And uh, Afghanistan demonstrated how not prepared we were. Yeah. Ukraine demonstrated how not yeah. prepared we are. Right now in Sudan, as we just moved all 55 diplomatic personnel and our ambassador, but left all 20,000 Americans that's demonstrating our position. Um, so how vulnerable what? is Taiwan? I mean, what? Tell me about Sudan. What the hell happened there? It happened really fast. Um, so we. There's a lot of gold there also. Also, um, you know, South Sudan, Sudan had a split. Almost every single Christian in Sudan moved south. Um, the Sudan then um, became mostly Islamic nation and they have been destabilizing for the past couple of years. And then it just happened rapidly um, since December of last year. And um, now we have two warring generals that are competing for, you know, in this coup for control over Sudan. Um, as you know, last night, as of yesterday, we pulled all of our diplomatic staff out and the ambassador. We then told all the Americans that are there, um, you know, shelter in place, stand by. We don't have the ability to get you guys out. We get, got the ability to get our people out, but you guys have to figure out your own way. So <laughs> Glenn, I'm talking tens of thousands of Americans are, right. are trapped there. Right. Um, yeah, I've heard the number 50. The, the lowest estimates from the government goes down to just shy of 20. We've seen all the way up to 64,000. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, you have the STEPS program 
which Department of State, it's you. If you're traveling to a foreign country, you say, hey, I'm going to be here. You're essentially letting the Department of State know that you're going to be there. That's the lowest estimate is every single one of those people that said that they're in country. Um, but typically, we know it's sometimes four to five times that of the people that traveled there without letting the Department of State know. You know, hey, I'm going to go to Ethiopia or I'm going to go to South Sudan. I'm going to be on a missions trip. Mm-hmm. You know, did you did your church notify Department of State that you're taking 13, you know, young Correct. men or children to Sudan to, to dig a well. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you didn't, you didn't know to do that and it's fine, but those are the people that are going to be stuck there. Those are the people that are stuck there. And it is, it is two. I mean, the two generals that are fighting each other, they are both formally convicted of war crimes and they're, Oh my God. They're terrible, terrible, terrible men. Um, and their militia are caught chewing young kids with machetes and mopeds that will kill you in a heartbeat. And you know, like the UN just driving out, they just start shooting at them. You know, every single person that has been leaving the embassy, they just start shooting at. So save our allies. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm sure you know this, but you know, Mer- Mercury one, mm-hmm. you no, we were, were instrumental in, in movement. My, my team, our friend Chad Rogan yeah, yeah. show, mm-hmm. uh, was the connective tissue between you, your efforts, your fundraising. Yeah. And I was part of four guys that were on the ground that were moving people to some of the planes that you, you so great. made happen. Thank you. So thank, great. Thank, thank you. you. No, 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 no. Thank you. <laughs> you, you know, it's so weird. Uh, we raised all this money and then we're like, okay, how do we do this? No. And it was such a blessing because people like you were already on the ground. All you needed was the plane yeah. and the money. Those, those are big that. things, Glenn. It's no, not like I, I know just like fart a plane out. Right? <laughs> no, like, I know that. But it's also not like just I'm just going to cross over the razor wire and get some people yeah. for the plane. Yeah. It was just a good marriage. You so know, everybody if I land tomorrow thing. and you get a text from me, like, you send me some planes. You got, we, okay. we will be on it if it, you're because you're going to Sudan, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I just had a conversation this weekend about prepare. We're going to probably need to. Yeah, it's, it's, it's happening. We got three incredible Americans, a similar talent group that was in Afghanistan and then wave two leaves tonight or tomorrow. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. After we're done with this, let's talk. We'll make sure you're, you're covered. Um, while we're there, Afghanistan, uh, there's a, a Chinese communist country, uh, company that has just is just setting up shop now in Wisconsin or in uh, Michigan with Michigan tax dollars, like seven hundred uh, million dollars in tax money. Um, and in their bylaws, their corporate bylaws, they have to set up a Chinese communist party outreach center for kids and everything else. They abide by the communist Chinese Chinese party. You're trying to fire me up. Yeah. yeah. And and it appears as though they're going to make batteries. They're getting the lithium through the Taliban. Any thoughts on that? I mean, here's my face of absolute shock and surprise. (laughs) We were still on the ground. You know, this is the end of uh, the end of August when Russia and Chinese military were trying to get into Hikaya. Like they weren't even waiting for the, uh, our corpses to be cold and the runways to be clear before they were already sticking their little fingers into former American controlled uh, buildings and aircraft. So, uh, I mean, there's, there's a very scary standoff. A plane lands on H Kaya in Kabul and it just sits on the runway and we're like, 
it's kind of weird. We start running tail numbers. It comes from Eastern Europe, but it's a, f- a fake. As soon as darkness falls, the rear door opens, and what but Russian special operations start coming out of this plane to go inside of hangars that were housing special operations equipment. I mean, that, that, is, that is how, I, one, they knew where the, this equipment was. They knew exactly which hangars they needed to go into. And two, they wouldn't even wait for us to leave. So Afghanistan was strategic. It wasn't just strategic for us to defeat the Taliban. It's geographically strategic. And it is strategic in the resources that they have there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the many reasons that people have been fighting for it for a really long mm-hmm. time. And um, we just left the biggest, we just left it. Yeah. We just left a huge airport. Come and get it. Yep. So uh, yeah, cool. They're making batteries with resources that are pulled out of Afghanistan and then so to support a communist party business that is set up by while paying, while paying the Taliban. Yeah. It's good stuff. Totally shocked. Yeah, good, good stuff. Um, can you be this incompetent? I mean, incompetent I, or complicit? Okay, tell so, me. So I, 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 I just don't think there's a way that even somebody with an IQ of six just randomly pointing yeah. to solutions. I don't think that they could be this wrong every single time. Right. You, you, you make Glenn president for a day. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure your policies would be pretty similar to mine. It's like, cool, you're a Chinese dealer company. You are now kicked out of the building that you're in. And anything right. that you own, we are now taking. Yeah. Um, you cannot buy land. You cannot operate. You cannot be funded by any taxpaying dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care if it's state money, federal money, you just don't get it. Mm-hmm. Like if you are not aligned with the ideas of the constitution, which is what our fan, which, which is what our entire country is based off of. And you have competing ideas, then you're out, man. Like th- welcome to America. Um, you want to be part of it. Then this is what you have to do. Accept the dollar. You know, you, you want our money, accept the dollar. You want your bank to receive protection from the FDIC. Cool. It has to be American owned and you have to abide by this beautiful book, which was our founding document, the constitution bill of rights. Mm-hmm. No, get out. It's pretty easy. So incompetent or complicit. I agree. I don't think you could be, be making this many mistakes. Like, the roads are racist um, to, you know, it's probably a great idea for us to stand up um, pallets of money and fly them to a corrupt country that we know is corrupt without any accountability mm-hmm. to win a war that we have to win because it's strategically really important for us to win. We live our summers up at the ranch and um, boy, we have rattlesnakes. We have, we have everything, you know, nails through the hand. What, whatever could be done, flipped four wheelers, anything could be done, has been done uh, a lot. We are not usually prepared. You know, I come out with my little Band-Aid uh, first aid kit. Hey, I got a Band-Aid in here. Uh, what happens if something serious happens? My medic is there. They have revolutionized first aid by creating a line of kits filled with innovative products. And it's amazing. You can treat everything from a scrape on the knee to a gunshot wound. And I I actually mean that this is not your typical first aid kit. We're 45 minutes away from a hospital. So something goes wrong at the ranch. We've got to take care of it just to stabilize to get you to the hospital. 
Go to MyMedic.com slash Beck and save 20% on one of their life-saving first aid kits today. Built here in the United States, they ship for free, lifetime guarantee. Plus, each pro kit includes free life-saving training. When they were here, they showed me a proper way of putting on a tourniquet. And they said, have you ever done that? And I was like, I got a belt. No, it's a little deeper than that. MyMedic.com slash Beck. MyMedic.com slash Beck. Let's move to the last piece of the military stuff I want to talk to you about, and that is the woke crap that's happening. Yeah. I mean, you're still on the payroll with Millie, aren't you? Aren't you still in a kind I'm, of an advisor? I'm, with... I'm a Texas National Guardsman. Okay. And um, I have been spending my last year um, with these large strategic problems from Afghanistan to Ukraine because I have spent so much time in both of them, um, you know, working with the Joint Chief of Staff, the Senior Enlisted Advisor to the Joint Chief of Staff, um, you know, both special operations guys, both the SEAC and the chairman come from special operations, one from Air Force Special Operations, and um, and then General Milley from the Green Berets. And, uh, you know, the, this, the military is always a byproduct of what our society is doing mm -hmm. and our society has been woefully broken. It's really easy for us to throw darts at bad military policy. Unless you take a step back and look at the military policy is coming from things that are happening in society. Mm -hmm. you know, like the military is always a representation of the way that our country is and it's headed. So, you know, the, the first time that we had a, a trans green beret, well, that was obviously not the first trans person that we had in the United States. Mm -hmm. Like how many trans people were there in the United States before we had a trans green beret mm -hmm. or a trans Navy seal? Like how long was it before we had, um, like these things happen. And this is why I pounded so hard about the importance of the people waking up and being strong because we'll always be like, Oh, we don't have enough people in the military because we're having recruiting problems. Yeah. We're having recruiting problems because America is, is fat and broken. Um, is it the military's fault because we're having recruiting problems or is it because there's fewest, fewer people that we've ever had access to? Um, so I, I do want to hold the military accountable, never want to lower standards, always want to be the most lethal fighting force on the planet. Our one job is to win, go and win our wars. Can we do that with 350 million Americans that are not capable of serving? or that are demanding that, um, you know, there be this LGBTQ book in the children's library on a military post. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, I don't know how to reconcile these two things because you know, that does the cart become before the horse in some cases in this instance, like the horse is the people and the cart is the military and the people are dragging the military into these really terrible positions to do things that we're not supposed to be doing. Okay. So, I like that explanation. I feel comfortable with that explanation until you go and look at, you know, uh, Kirby standing up and going, I don't see any problems with Afghanistan. We just did this report and, you know, it wasn't to assign blame. And that made my blood, like, I almost lost my mind. Right? I was so fierce. And they, they, then they released this report that doesn't even, I mean, it's one lie. It's a lie. It's full of inaccuracies. And then two, to stand up there and be like, man, I didn't see any chaos in Afghanistan. Like, there were children hanging in concertina wire. There were little tiny burning babies I on know. the ground. I know. And people, I mean, the American people saw aircraft with people hanging from the landing gear and falling and to their falling. death. Like, but you didn't see any? Right. But the rest of us did. 
So, so what is the, I mean, that, that's the problem with our country. It seems that all of the elites up at the top are living in Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. I just think they can say anything they want and nobody holds them accountable because we're too weak and broken, divided to hold them accountable. It's our fault. Who, who said to Kirby that he's lying? Who came out and said, then you can't say that because it's just not factually true. I remember that. And we're just not going to allow you to do that because we, the people are strong. We can't do that in the position that we're in. Until we do, they're just going to keep doing it. And is that just because we're all politically divided that everything has become about politics now? It's, it's so easy to do anything that you want when you have no unified voice to stop you. So what's the solution there? And don't wake the sleeping giant, but they are. Um, I think the solution is finding common ground that freaking Adolf Hitler. What a piece of work, right? Yeah. Pretty easy for us to be like, that guy's going to die. You know, I'm going to send my sons and daughters. We're going to storm beaches. And we're going to climb cliffs and we're going to run in the streets of Berlin and we will fight all the way until every single inch of land that that man ever stood on has been eradicated from his presence not his ideas because his ideas lived on unfortunately but like that's that's mm -hmm. what happened right you come and you bomb pearl harbor we will fight you all the way to your shores and drop nuclear bombs on you that's that's what we can do um so what does that look like that looks like a, an american people finding common ground to stand together and demand change um so i think that the thing that used to bring us together was the Bill of Rights. And I'm not sure everybody believes in the Bill of Rights anymore. I don't know if this generation's ever read them. They're definitely not being taught it in school. Our education system has been, by design, eroding every single fiber of what it means to be an American. Like, ask any kid in a public school when was the last time they said the Pledge of Allegiance. Ask any kid in a public school... Give, give me five amendments to the Constitution. You know, oh, I can't. G g tell me just... Give me two of the three branches <laughs> of government. They, they can't, right? Mm -hmm. um, but they're, they're being... It, they're not being... They're demanded to go and participate in r radical protests. Whoa, yeah. You know, me as your teacher, go ahead and write an essay on um, what you did for your community in the Black Lives Movement during uh, an LGBTQ reading fest at your, at your mm -hmm. local library. You know, like th those are actual requests by public schools to their students to go and do. Mm -hmm. you know, what do you think it would feel like, write me an essay, what it would feel like to be in the skin of somebody of a different gender? Um, that's child abuse, first of all. Um, second is anti-American. And Why anti-American? Every one of us when I say one of us, every one of the patriots that fought taxation without representation, mm -hmm. we had a tyrannical government mm -hmm. that was dictating what we were going to be doing in our lives. Mm -hmm. And we said, no, like I will choose what's best for me and my family. Right. I, at the smallest unit, all the way down to the family will have the power, the onus to make the decisions. That's American. 
That's the idea of what it means to be an American is to be, have this strong family nuclear um, family that will make the decisions, how they're educated, what churches they're going to go to. If they're going to go to church, if they're going to go to the mosque, if they're going to go to the synagogue, it doesn't matter. That's like that. That's a freedom that you have because we're all capable to fight for it. Um, but now we're told we're being told all of the different ways of what we're supposed to think, how we're supposed to act. If we're supposed to pray, if we think the, the a flag is even mm-hmm. a symbol that is appropriate for us mm-hmm. to fly, um, that it's okay to take a knee, that it's oh, fine to walk off the field. I, I fully believe in freedom, and I fully believe that you have the right to do and say whatever you want. But like Bud Light is learning, there's consequences to those decisions, and that's the American people knowing what's right and wrong. And uh, when I say un-American, it's because it goes down to the individual family, be, the, we the people, mm-hmm. being able to do what's best for them. Let me come way off of the charts here and, and ask you, I saw an interview with you uh, with Joe Rogan, uh-huh. and uh, you were in the middle of the series about finding Hitler. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I was just fascinated by that little Alpine town and how these Nazis are still, I mean, they, do you believe that Hitler survived in the end? I want a body, you know, I know having researched this for three years, I spent three years looking for Nazis in South America and finding Nazis in South America, um, looking at them going to North Africa, looking at them moving throughout the Catholic church. Like I spent three years looking at every single rat line that they made to get people out. And um, the Catholic church was involved in that. They were. Yep. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah. Um, I love the Catholic Church. I'm not disparaging, mm-hmm. but you also have to remember that the, the, the National Socialist Party of Germany was directly connected to the church at the time. So, you know, you would get, um, they had Nazi members that would actually go into the church post-World War II, learn a language before they were moved to South America. Mm-hmm. So they'd go to like the Canary Islands or they'd go to Spain as a lily pad before they moved to Bariloche, Argentina. Mm-hmm. And, um, and while they're there, they're in the church's protection. Um, uh, documented, Mm -hmm. this is, but, uh, we, I know the mechanisms were in place to get him out and I know high ranking Nazis escaped and how, how can the number two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guy get out, you know, but the number one guy dies in a bunker. Um, very possible. You know, if you look at Berlin in April, uh, you got the Russians coming in on the Eastern front, right? We're, we're just pounding tanks. Mm -hmm. It is just it's a mess. So could he get out? I don't know. Did he get out? I don't know. And until I find like a smoking body and, and we're trying to get to Russia to look at, you know, the, the remains that he had that, that are there. Uh, but I, so I'm just going to leave it at an, I don't know. I know that they had the capability to get him out. Um, I, I will tell you that you, you touched on um, something and then didn't really, it wasn't followed up. Um, you know, we brought in a lot of Nazis. We, I mean, we, we, we pretty much put Hydra together, I think. In we a did. Um, and uh, it is Operation Paperclip for yeah. people that don't know. It's, yeah. it's mostly public now. Um, most of the things have been declassified. So it was like declassified on a Sunday afternoon. And so mm-hmm. not a lot of people read it. Uh, but I, I recommend people look into it. It was a CIA operation where we were taking uh, Russian engineers, uh, key Russian strategic partners, and we gave them- German. 
uh, yeah, yeah, not yeah. Russian, ger- German, Nazi specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are fighting the Russians, and this is why we're doing it. Mm-hmm. So the Russians were competing for the same experts. Like the, the technological and warfare adva- uh, advances that were made in Germany from 1935 to 1945 are incredible. Right. Um, most of what we know about a, a, our atomic bomb being the first to do it came from Nazi scientists right. that we won over and defected traded, not defected because they didn't give up their ideas, uh, to the United States via Operation Paperclip. We were also using that same operation to give clemency to some people. So it'd be like, all right, we'll take this guy, but we'll also turn our eye away from this other guy. You know, so like, yes, we'll take this really important guy because we need him, whether he was a nuclear engineer. Um, Werner von Braun. Yeah. But, you know, like, Skorzenski. Well, just the SS colonel that was protecting Adolf Hitler. We know for a fact that he was working for us in certain capacities, fighting socialists and communists in South America, because who's the worst enemy of a, of a communist and a socialist, a fascist. Mm-hmm. So it was like, would it be all right for us to go ahead and keep this fascist, you know, under our good graces, not persecute him for the war crimes that we know he committed and hang him in Nuremberg, or just, just let them go down to South America and to Chile and Argentina wow. and Brazil. We did it time and time and again. How much do you think they influenced here? Those who came here, all the doctors, Werner von Braun had a huge impact, um, but he was scrubbed clean. Uh, but I don't think he was clean. I think he knew what was going on in his plants. Yeah. Um, how much do you think they influenced us? Did that influence science or leave a mark anywhere i mean you know when you were at that little alpine town it still has left the mark i mean it is what it is yeah they came to work here and then were just assimilated into our academia yeah i mean i assimilated we're in texas Mm -hmm. you know we have how many new yorkers and california is moving here by the day Mm -hmm. um are, are they assimilating or are they bringing their baggage with them they're, they're bringing their baggage with them. We can see it with the way, especially mm-hmm. the immediate adjacent neighborhoods, suburbs of the urban centers are voting the way Correct. in correspondence with the number of them that are moving here. Right. You bring bag, baggage when you, when you assimilate. Right. Um, they brought baggage. Well, I mean, I just, assimilate is probably the uh, bad word. Um, they disappeared into the fabric yeah. of our communities. Do you, do you? They disappeared by design because uh, the Mossad was hunting them. You know, they were, the Mossad hunted these guys mm-hmm. to this day. You know, like the, even if you went to if you went to Via Bavaria, which is this area in Chile that housed a whole bunch of Nazis. If you go into the the towns around there, you know, you don't get a Buenos Dias amigo. You get a Guten Morgen um, when you walk in there. The, I mean, this is. This is 2023, you know, <laughs> and you walk in there and not only did they not assimilate, not only did they not disappear, they carried their ideas with them. And I think they're even more dangerous now because they have been generationally se- separated from these radical ideas. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know how many Nazis in 1943 had SS tattoos on their neck. Well, 
I went and saw dudes with SS tattoos on their neck, with swastikas burnt onto their chest, you know, with palm leaves tattooed onto their thighs. And I was able to get into some of these worlds because, you know, like I, I have that same bravado of some of the things that they, they like fighting. They like tough guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could walk into these fight clubs in Argentina and, um, you know, these jujitsu and boxing clubs and and be like oh man that's tim kennedy you know like ufc fighter and he's a, right. he's a soldier you know like and then you know feed him a few lies and they start talking to me and they're those ideas from their grandparents who moved here in 1945 how you're able to get out of germany in 1945 and make it to argentina man that's incredible mm-hmm. uh those ideas had been planted and those seeds had been planted in those radical fascist Genocidal, genocidal psychopathic ideas have just been growing and uh good heavens yeah and it's bad well it's always good to talk to you <laughs> no, no. <laughs> when do you leave for sudan um tomorrow man, I'm, I'm waiting you know in the, in the like land sea or air are, are we bringing i'm not going to talk about like our yeah, ways yeah. to get these people out you know but there, there's lots of we're, we're trying to figure out where are our best avenues to get the most amount of people out as safely as we can. Can we take them here? Can we take Americans? Yeah. Can we, will they allow us to, you know what it was like yeah. last time in the state oh, department. Yeah. That, that was to get, so we were trying to get our allies. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, so Americans, you have a blue passport okay. and that, I mean, that, that is our effort. Like as Afghanistan, we were trying to rescue all of the people that fought with us. So, you know, right. if you, if you're an interpreter, if you're a commando, if you're a pilot, Correct. you know, you'd fought the Taliban for 20 years and we promised you that you'd be safe. So like, come right. on over. Uh, this is going to be a little bit different because we're just going to get Americans, Americans and, and specifically our allies. So, you know, if, if there's a German or French citizen that's trapped there, you know, if there's somebody from Australia, that's like, man, I was here for a missions trip. How do I get out? I'm not going to turn those people away. Sure. Um, so I don't, uh, I, I, we, we have, especially since Afghanistan developed because of our success there, thanks to you and so many other people, we have developed our kind of diplomatic channels within the U S government mm-hmm. save our allies to be able to do things like this. That's why we are this kind of bespoke expeditionary, yeah, yeah. small footprint, special operations group. So now I can pick up the phone and call somebody direct and be like, Hey man, I have a boat full of Americans that I'm going to bring into insert this name of this country. I'm going to need visas to move them from here to here that I'm going to lily pad them from here back to the United States. Mm -hmm. How do I make this happen? And they'll be able to do it. Um, I mean, God, God willing, you know, like really God willing, please pray and please tell everybody, you know, to pray because that's, it's a lot of Americans. It is. Thank you for everything you do. Yeah. Just a reminder. I'd love you to rate and subscribe to the podcast and pass this on to a friend so it can be discovered by other people.